Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for a new day, for adding this fresh lease of time into our life. You have given us another day to reflect back on our journey so far, the mistakes of yesterday. All the lessons we learned and those we missed. And you reveal those to us. You fill us with your grace, with your conviction. And you are ever willing to pour out your mercy when we realize the gap. And when we come to you in surrender to be filled, to fill that gap. You look upon us, you always look upon us with your eyes of mercy. And are ever willing to pour out your grace. That which you renew for us every morning. You are slow to anger. And are ever willing to help us when we recognize and realize our vulnerability and our weakness in that area. And it may have been out of our ignorance as well. But you hate those that willfully know the difference and turn away. Father, for all the times we have fallen short, we ask for forgiveness. For all the times we have turned and rebelled against you, we ask for forgiveness. For all the times we have failed to follow your instruction and have been disobedient, we ask for forgiveness. For all our ignorance, <clears throat> we ask for forgiveness, Father. We ask for your grace, your peace, your joy, your wisdom, your understanding. The knowledge, understanding and the wisdom that you are ever willing to pour into us. That out of that wisdom we are able to take actions on the faith that we are filled with. The measure of faith that you give each of us. Backed by the knowledge that your word pours into our hearts. So that when we speak our prayer, when we commune with you, <clears throat> we hold our peace, we hold our joy until we see that manifestation. And we share that same peace and joy, Lord, with everyone that is part of this prayer meeting and this praying family. We share it with all those for whom prayers have been requested on this group, those that have no one to pray for them. We share it with every Christian called by your name and yet does not know you personally, and with all those that do not want to know you, that have turned away, yet your heart pains for them. We ask for a quickening in their spirit as well, Lord. That they might be renewed and they might be restored. Their feet, their steps might be directed towards you. And we know in our hearts, Lord, that everyone that calls on your name, they shall not end up in shame. So as we make our prayer this morning, we call on your name. The lifter of men, the God of Abraham, who honors faith, the God of David, who is merciful, the God of Isaac that is ever willing to bless, the God of Jacob, the one who is the ancient of days, the one who has loved us with an everlasting love. The God of overflow and the God of miracles. The Lord who in the midst of his people is mighty and only does wondrous things. 
Blessed be your name, Father. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. The one whom you gave. The king who sacrificed his blood for commoners like us. The one who holds the key of David. The one who leads us in the day of battle. The one who was, who is, and who is to come. The word who is our daily bread. And we pray in the name of his spirit, that same spirit that created the universe at the spoken word of the Father. The same spirit that powered Jesus' ministry. The same spirit who now makes his tabernacle in our body and gives life to our mortal body. We are charged to hear from you in the spirit, Father. That we recognize and realize the purpose of our lives. It is he who makes your word become real to us. Then when that word is real to us, after we have chewed, meditated on it and digested it, we take action on it. We become true servants of the living God. We become beneficiaries of your favor. We become citizens of your kingdom. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with that gift of revelation through your word. That you have blessed us with your spirit who makes it all come alive for us. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with the gift of prayer so that when we pray, we are authorizing you to step into all those challenges that we present before you. Areas that we have fallen weak and vulnerable. So that in every weak situation, knowing that you are for us, no one can be against us. So every weak one can say, I am strong in the strength of the Lord. We are able to renew our minds that faith. We thank you, Father. We thank you that you have blessed us with family, with friends. You have blessed us with that love that represents your presence with us through them. That is unconditional. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with every spiritual gift in the heavenlies. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with this opportunity to be before you here right now in your presence. We connect with you in our spirit. We open our hearts to receive from you, Lord. <clears throat> we thank you, Jesus. As we make our reflection and our prayer this day, Every prayer that we will raise at this altar, Lord, we cover it, seal it by the precious blood of Jesus. There's also every member of every family that is part of this prayer group, everyone that prays here in this meeting or with this recording. We cover their families as well. By your precious blood, Lord. That blood that has won all victories for us on the cross. That blood which we now declare as our hedge of protection in the spirit, our barricade, against all evil, so that every force of wickedness that comes near that barricade, we call down judgment upon it in the name of Jesus. The consuming fire, let that test purify and judge. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will, Lord. We call the angels of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, Injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, and any kind of natural disasters. I command that angelic protection in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, 
your word says that life and death is in the power of our tongue. And so we herald the power in our words. As we speak your word from Isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11. That serves as a reminder for each of us as well. That as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is our word that goes out of each of our mouths this day. And it will not return to us empty, but will accomplish what we desire and achieve the purpose for which we send it when we send it in accordance with your will, Father, accordance with what is written in your word, with a heart filled with faith and backed by the name of our King Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Today, I'd like us to reflect on how we use the grace. When we have made our prayer of faith, in the last two days, we've been reflecting on faith. When we have made our prayer of faith, we become a beneficiary or a recipient of that grace, of the healing. How do we use that grace that God makes available to us? When he hears our prayer and he frees us from our trouble. And to understand this, I'd like us to reflect on the Old Testament in the book of Exodus chapter 12. Now I'd like you to look at this journey through the Red Sea with spiritual eyes, as this story reflects that of our salvation, our journey of salvation, from our troubles, from slavery of the wicked one, crossing the blood of Jesus and onto the promised land, the eternal kingdom of God. That is really what it truly represents. And now when we look at the journey of the Israelites after they cross the Red Sea, or just before they cross the Red Sea, actually, it starts from there, after the plagues in Egypt, the Egyptians, having suffered enough, just wanted to get rid of them. We see in Exodus 12, from verse 36, that God gave the people favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. And Moses instructed them to collect gold and silver jewelry from the Egyptians. But God gave them favor so that the Egyptians would lend them all that they required. Gold and jewelry and clothes. And they took it all. And that was God's grace that he made available to them. Now, what was his purpose for it? That they must use it to start a new life and dedicate it to him by building a tabernacle in the wilderness. That was always his plan. Eventually, Moses did build the tabernacle. But let's look at how the Israelites used it. And before that, I'd like us to stop here and reflect on our own challenges as well. In every challenging situation, God will provide that grace where you get some benefit to make a new start. So let's bear that in mind as well. Now, how did the Israelites use the gold and silver jewelry that they were given by the Egyptians? To find that out, let's fast forward this journey from Exodus chapter 12 all the way 20 chapters down to Exodus 32. When they reached Mount Sinai, the foot of Mount Sinai, and Moses went up the mountain and did not return for many days. Exodus 32 verse 1 says, The people seeing this, that Moses had not returned, said, We do not know what has happened with him. And so they asked Aaron to make them a god. 
in the image of a golden calf, a God that would lead them in their journey. But they chose to make an idol. <clears throat> they used the gold that the Lord had given them as a grace to start a new journey. They used that very thing to make an idol. Now here's a question for you. When you have prayed for a job, for a wife or a husband, for healing from serious sicknesses and even resolution of more serious problems in your life, bigger ones and they are averted, the Lord will often give you favor so that you don't come out of that problem empty-handed. And people receive their healing. People receive financial benefits as well. The question is, do they remember God after that? Or do they move on to the next level of pursuit in their lives? Do they just get on with their lives? Despite knowing that they were on a dead end, a deep trouble, because with our human mindset, we do not go to God unless it is really the last stage and we've exhausted all our options. That is often the case with us. When we should actually be going to God at the start of it, the very first step. Now, what is that next level of pursuit? It is a form of idolatry that we often take up. Is it ambition? Is it promotion in our jobs? Is it vehicles? Is it bank balance? Each of us will have our own. How are you using that favor God has given you when you exited out of your Egypt? And if it is not for thanking him or worshipping him, if it is not for the growth of his kingdom and if it is not for enriching your Christian experience in your life, if it does not include him in it, then whatever you are pursuing is like that golden calf. It is idolatry. Beware of that golden calf in your life. Have you received healing and forgotten him? Have your finances been blessed and yet you refuse to tithe? Have you been saved from the valley of the shadow of death? Through serious problems or even sickness. And yet don't take God seriously and get back to your usual life. And this might be the case for people that you are ministering to as well. Are we rather getting back to our life as usual where there is no time and no place for God? Be careful of that golden calf that you may be building. And often when this happens, this is exactly like what Jesus was teaching about on deliverance in Matthew chapter 12. We see it. We see it as well in Luke 11. Both have the same story. A house swept clean and garnished after the wicked one has been thrown out, but left empty without the presence of God and his word in it. He is a sitting duck ready for an attack seven times more greater. And it is not only that attack. There is more that then comes because after having seen our salvation, 
after having seen the freedom that God has given us, we choose to go back to our old wicked ways. And if there is no repentance, then let's look at what the Lord says to Moses in verse 7. So 32, Exodus 32, verse 7. The Lord says to Moses, the people have corrupted themselves. Is that our condition after knowing and after having seen what he has done for us? And is that happening to people that you are ministering to as well? You have blessed them and yet they choose to go back and enjoy their life now that they have received their healing and forget about God. Let's look at what serious consequences are waiting. Move on to the next chapter. Oh, sorry, the, uh, the same chapter, verse 33 now. He said, whoever, whosoever has sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. This is his words to Moses. Now this is after being saved, knowing the difference and yet choosing evil over God. And then it becomes a sin as serious as Lucifer. The main difference between Lucifer and humans was humans were beguiled in the first instance. They were fooled by the wicked one and so committed sin. So God says, never mind. You didn't know. Which is why we had the option. Adam also had the option to come back. But Satan knew. And after knowing, he chose wickedness. Which is why for him, there was no forgiveness. But now, if after being saved, we return to our wicked ways, then we are being just like him. There is no difference between us and him. Let's look at what the Lord says in Hebrews 10, verse 26. It says, if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. That is, after knowing the difference between sin and good. And if we still willfully, out of our own will, continue to sin, then there remains no more sacrifice for sins. That sacrifice is that of Jesus. The blood no longer can be used to wash us clean when we willfully, knowingly sin after knowing the difference. Now that is serious consequence because then when that sacrifice does not remain and he's saying here in verse 7, I will blot them out of my book. You are damned to darkness, eternal damnation. This is an important thing we need to remember. And if you are ministering to people that are willfully going back, make sure that the word is being given to them in the first instance. So that knowledge of the truth is being given to them. And by that light, every darkness is illuminated in their lives. They are able to see the difference between good and evil and choose their path ahead. The purpose of him saving us is to lead us to the kingdom not to let us fall back into the pit of sin. So when we have seen his saving grace and still for all ignore him and his call and go back to sin, then as he says in the next verse, now this is verse 34, that is what he will do. He said, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. It just looked like the people wanted to build an image of God but ended up into idolatry and look at the extent to which it then goes to when it kindles the anger of God. So you are actually stuck on both sides. On the one side, you have that same wicked demon coming back to the empty house with seven more. And on the other side, because we have willfully sinned, 
we have God's anger as well kindled up. Not a good place to be in. Because there is nowhere to escape. It is our duty when we pray for someone, when we minister to someone, to start filling their lives with the truth. That journey of your prayer with them does not end when they have received their healing. That is where it should start. Connect them to the word. Connect them to start reading, meditating on that word. So that the truth starts to enter their lives. So that the Holy Spirit who is now given to them starts ministering to them through that word. That is our job. And Father, we ask for that grace this day. That edification. To recognize the difference. To recognize our duty. And to focus on that what matters. Do not let your people slip. And neither do we on our own part. After having received the truth. Turn away and choose poorly. We ask for that edification in our spirit this day Lord. As we ask for spiritual edification, we also pray, Lord, for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray, Lord, for all those that are battling sickness and disease, that are hospitalized this day, that will undergo any kind of procedures. We pray for all families, especially those that are undergoing separation, any kind of division, any challenge that seeks to destroy that relationship, steal, kill and destroy from them. For all, the, all your people that are kept yoked under any kind of slavery, especially all kinds of addiction and compulsive behaviors, but also slavery of ignorance, of busyness, of prayerlessness. We pray for our own personal needs, those of our families as well, Lord, especially those members of our family and friend circle that are not yet saved. And at that stage, when we pray for them, and when we are blessing them, let us always remember it is our job to give them the word, to give them the truth. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And when we release our prayer and our faith, that prayer made under an open heaven, as a prayer of agreement with each other and backed by your Holy Spirit who prays on our behalf. That prayer is always an answered prayer. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. This is our faith and we release it right now. As we make our prayer in the Spirit, we raise all our requests to your altar, Father. I encourage those that can pray in the Spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift of tongues, to release your tongue and your faith and ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Make sure you are asking it with the intention of interceding for others. Let us now make our prayer in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <speaking in Spanish>
Santa Papa, Santa
The words that were put on my heart this morning and they were given with great love but with a sternness. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. Come, my people, let my Holy Spirit transform you. For you are mine and I love you. The scripture I've been given is from 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroy God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and that temple you are. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We also have a scripture that has been shared in the chat. This is from James 1, verse 12, quoted from the NIV, that says, 
Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And as we prayed in the spirit, I was also again given the verses from Luke chapter 11 and specifically three verses pointed out to me, which refers to the story of the house. So this is Luke 11. The verses given to me were from verse 26 to 28. And I'll read those out. It says, Then goes he and takes to him seven other spirits more wicked. Seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter into the house and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. And it came to pass as he spoke these words. A certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee and the paps which thou hast sucked. But he, that is Jesus, said, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We also have another scripture shared in the chat. This is from Isaiah 30, verse 15, quoted from the NIV, where it is written, This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. I believe this is another warning as well for us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let us take this verse and meditate on it to, to understand what the Lord is saying to us. If you are being blessed by these reflections, please share them with your family and with your friends. Also, especially the one that the Lord puts on your heart that needs to hear that message this day. Please also share Brother Savio's reflections that he posts on our Telegram and on our Facebook page. So you can share them with your family and friends there as well. And give it to them as that gift for today. That refresher. Under the mercy and the grace. And the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.